0: It's now time uh, for us to read from the Bible. If you can reach for one, um, they'd be really good for if you can follow on as well. Uh, you need page um, 1197. 1197. And we're reading from 2 Timothy chapter 4. Um, we're actually reading part of a letter that Paul wrote while he was in prison to Timothy. who was a much younger man. And um, he's going to have to carry on, really, where Paul left off. And um, if you haven't read from the beginning, it's well worth a read. It's, It's a really lovely, lovely letter. So we're in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They would turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. God is speaking to us from his word.
1: Good evening. I'm Fred Payton. I'm one of the deacons here and uh, I've got the privilege of uh, leading this particular part of the service. So as we've just heard, the Apostle Paul is nearing the end of his mission. Whether he knows his execution is imminent or is sensing he will not be preaching to crowds again, he wants to pass the baton of his ministry Given to him by the Lord Jesus. His letters to Timothy are his attempt to ensure Timothy is as prepared as possible to continue spreading the gospel and teaching the word of God truthfully to everyone. Paul has realized that Timothy is a very different personality from him, and he is seeking to give Timothy the tools and the motivation to use those tools to stay sound in the teaching of the word. As we heard last week, Paul has just said in 2 Timothy 3, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This sets out the importance and authority of the word of God, which is not only the gospel the good news of Jesus and his death, resurrection and ascension, but the whole of Jewish scripture. Our passage today flows on from chapter 3. There is no chapter division in the original manuscript. So Paul is moving on in his instruction of Timothy to the practical issues surrounding good Bible teaching. Now you may be saying, But I'm not going to be preaching, so is this relevant? Maybe you will never preach a formal sermon, but any of us may be called upon to speak to another person or group on biblical matters, on our faith or what we believe and why. And certainly any of us who read the Bible are teaching ourselves And as we go through our lives, we may at times need to preach the gospel to ourselves as we make decisions and interact with others. But maybe, more importantly, we must be in a position to recognise godly preaching and to hold our preachers accountable. This is one reason why we suggest keeping our Bibles open during the sermon, which I thoroughly recommend you do today. Not only to help follow the flow through the passage, but also so we can check the preacher is sticking with God's word. This helps us to develop ears that hear the word of God and hearts that recognize truth spoken clearly. That then helps us to recognize false teaching. So right handling of the word of God is important, indeed essential, in all circumstances, This is made clear in the middle of our passage where we need to be recognizing when we or those around us are beginning to develop itching ears and paying attention to false teaching and seeking self-affirmation. This we can only do if we know what the right teaching is. So let's hear what Paul has to say. In In verses 1 and 2, Paul is ensuring Timothy and we can be in no doubt about the seriousness of what Paul is about to say. The charge. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction, the language is formal and of the courtroom. But with God and Jesus as the front, uh, as the our, with God and Jesus front and center in the proceedings, Paul makes it clear that it's Jesus who will judge Timothy, not Paul or the people around Timothy, but Jesus Himself, who judges the living and the dead. Paul also gives a sense of urgency by referring to Jesus appearing and his kingdom. This is not some task to be completed at leisure, but a kingdom responsibility, and the king will be returning soon. The charge, which is Paul's command to Timothy, is to preach the word. This is not a word, or words of Timothy's choosing, but the word. The Holy Word of God, the Jewish Scriptures, our Old Testament, and their fulfillment is the Gospel of Jesus. The Old Testament speaks of Jesus throughout and God's plan for salvation through Him. Preaching is speaking the Word aloud to other people, believers and non believers. As Paul has noted previously, the Scriptures are God breathed, so Timothy's task is to speak the words and explain them as truthfully and fully as he can. And Paul isn't just talking prepared sermons. He says, in season and out of season. He means at all times, whether Timothy has spent time preparing, or it is an off-the-cuff remark that requires answering. That is a high degree of preparedness, and having a willingness to engage at any time. This seems to have been one of Timothy's weaknesses, to which I can relate. He was a bit shy, a bit reticent to engage with others, but Paul is giving him no way out. The word of God is paramount. It is of primary importance and should be readily on his lips in all circumstances. Glorifying Jesus should always be the focus of any Christian in any conversation or through our actions. Paul then explains to Timothy how the word can be used, mirroring the passage in chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. Correcting occurs where Timothy encounters someone who is mistaken in their belief or has incorrectly understood the scripture or gospel either through ignorance or deliberately to alter the message. Rebuking is similar, but applies in moral actions or thoughts. Encouraging is identifying weaknesses or strengths in others and commenting to the individual in a way to help them to improve or to continue. In all three situations, Timothy is told to use great patience and careful instruction. In all three cases, simply being told you're wrong or I've made a mistake or I've done a good job is not always helpful, particularly if done in an irritated or perfunctory way. Without careful instruction, how can someone be expected to understand and then act or speak in the right way? And if they are in error, they may need further instruction to help them realise that error and return to right understanding, acting, or speaking. Each individual may need different forms of instruction, but the patience of the teacher can be tested, as the person may take time to change, or may be very resistant. Perseverance and long-suffering will be the order of the day. We now come on to the passage uh, In in verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather round them a great number of teachers to say that their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. This is the danger that Paul is identifying to Timothy. There is another reason for urgency that Paul sets out here. It's the danger, the danger that people, both within the church and outside, will become increasingly resistant to sound doctrine. When anyone says the Bible is old-fashioned and doesn't reflect modern life, this would be a great verse to go to. Increasingly, we are seeing many people adopting lifestyles and attitudes that are contrary to good doctrine, even within the body of the churches throughout the world. Many of the current fashions within the modern Western world, and increasingly the whole world, would fit within the descriptions in these verses. Unfortunately, we also see this all too often in the teaching, or lack of it, in churches. Such teaching can be blatant, like the Jehovah's Witnesses, or like aspects of the Catholic tradition, praying through the saints or worshipping the Virgin Mary or more subtly, like the prosperity teaching of many, particularly American, preachers and tele-evangelists. There are also more subtle ways for us as individuals and as a church to be influenced by false teaching and false ideas. Social ministry and social justice are attractive ways of showing compassion, but must be grounded in gospel ministry and preaching the word or they may drain the church of the resources to proclaim what the least of these really need, saving grace. In Paul's day, the false teachers had to move around physically to impact the believers. Now the false teaching can come into our homes in many ways, books, internet, TV and radio, and I'm sure there are many others. People have always wanted to believe that what they want is okay. I want what I want because I want it, and who are you to tell me I'm wrong? They will try to split hairs and argue over words. They will use all sorts of arguments, some of which look like the myths that Paul describes. Secular authors and philosophers will argue in circles, making false claims to justify their own desires. Many people, including people here, will use Christian books and channels on social media to top up the teaching they receive here on a Sunday. And this can be good if they are discerning. However, the danger is that they can be dragged down wrong doctrine by seemingly very Christian-believing speakers and authors. YouTube is great in many ways, but if you start selecting a few videos from the same provider you will quickly find there are many more suggestions put forward. Before you know it, the wrong doctrines are being reinforced. And because of the quantity, the feeling that these must be right spreads. These itchy ears are scratched because these teachers are saying what the listener or viewer wants to hear. And it's so much worse in the secular media. We can see this with the increasing refusal of many to even allow discussions of their particular self centered desires. This is now happening in universities and schools, as well as the social media platforms. Increasingly, if you don't agree with the latest extreme viewpoint, you are deemed phobic and your views irrelevant, or even dangerous, or worse still, fundamentalist. The truth is no longer absolute, and is becoming irrelevant because what I say is truth is far more important than what you say is truth and so the myths grow but to challenge those myths can be extremely dangerous as it's often turned around a challenge becomes a perpetrator a challenger becomes the perpetrator who is persecuting whatever the latest fashion is. Paul comes to verse 5, the mission. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Verse 5 gives Paul's guidance to Timothy about how to survive and to continue to grow the kingdom, to follow on from Paul, to continue his mission. Keep your head in all situations. As we all know, this is much easier said than done. The only way to do this is to keep rooted in the truth of the word and to hold firmly to this in the chaotic circumstances of life. Seeking to walk more closely with Jesus and to see the world increasingly through his eyes is essential, but needs great discernment and support from fellow Christians. And it will be hard. There will be good times, But the Christian will encounter hardships and opposition. And we are seeing this increasingly in the media. It will become harder to do the work of an evangelist. We must be clear on what the gospel message is, its truth, and how it is vital for those around us to hear that truth. Friends and relations may be difficult to talk to about this. But remember the urgency of Paul's opening. Lord Jesus is returning, and he will judge. So it is essential for us, as Christ's body, to continue the ministry of Paul and Timothy to the world at large, but also within our own fellowship. We need to be reminded of the truth. We need to have our views and questions tested to see if we have the gospel truth within us, to see if we need to be corrected or rebuked or encouraged, and to be doing the same to those around us. As tradition has it, Paul's mission on earth ended in around AD 67, when he was taken from prison and beheaded. We know little of Timothy's mission in Ephesus, although Jesus does issue a letter of warning to Ephesus in Revelation. And today, Ephesus is a deserted ruin miles inland from the sea, when it had been a very successful port in Paul's day. So maybe there is a warning there to us all. But the significance of this letter to today's church, to its ministers and congregations, is enormous. We will face much opposition over the coming years, and there will be even more if we persevere in speaking the truth of Scripture and seeking to walk along Jesus' path to grow his kingdom. And along the way, the opposition opposition within churches will also grow and subtle changes to the gospel message will pervade. False teachers are no less present now than they were in Paul's day. Knowing the truth of the word and keeping renewing it in our hearts is our strongest defense. It is essential that we listen to scripture being properly handled and clearly explained. And so we can teach others and protect each other the church and the gospel mission of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us your word. We thank you that we have teachers who are willing to speak the truth of that word to us. Help our hearts to be changed by the impact of the word and your Holy Spirit in the way that we act, behave, and speak about Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy all those years ago to show us the value of your word. Help us today to spend time with you and in your word so we may be prepared for the dangers that are coming uh, in the future years. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Amen. Amen. We're now coming to a, another song. It's for the cause of Christ the King. And as we go through the words, there's a commitment there for our lives. A commitment to proclaim Christ. And to raise his name above all names.